Father, we thank you for this time that we can get together. And Lord, we're thankful that this country of ours that we live in still takes time to remember Thanksgiving Day. Many don't know who they're thankful for. Or Lord, really don't even care about what they're thankful for. But we're, we're thankful that's not the case here. Lord, we know to whom to give our thanks and we know what you have done for us and what you will do and are doing. And Lord, we just want to thank and praise you for being so good. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Take your Bibles if you would and let's go back to Psalm 136. And uh, kind of want to just divide this up a little bit and follow the themes that are in Psalm 136 through the Word of God just a little bit. We're in no way we can cover everything, but we, we need to really grab a hold of one thing. Being thankful to God is serious business. Uh, if you read Romans chapter 1, being unthankful was the first step to perdition, to the total corruption of the heart and the soul of mankind, it all starts when we start thinking less of God than we should. And that's what unthankfulness is. Thankfulness is really understanding or affirming that God is who He said He is. And there's a little word called faith. For without faith, I don't know how many times you're going to hear me quote this verse, but uh, it, it will be until we, we get it. For without faith it is impossible to please Him, talking about God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. God is, and God is Good, And God cannot be anything but good because He is God. It just doesn't feel that way sometimes. And you know what the problem is? Your feeler's busted. And, and you need to get it fixed. And, and the Word of God is the fixer. Amen? And, and so... The first, the first part here, the first uh, four verses of Psalm 136, give, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. What's it say there? For He is good. Sounds like uh, Hebrews chapter 11 to me. How about you? And, and, uh, it's the, and then it gives, oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. You know, I... I am thankful. I am so thankful. And we need to be thankful. Because God is not like... The God of this book called the Bible is not like any other God. I mean, you study... And I don't necessarily recommend studying world religions and, and comparative religion and all of that. Study the Bible. Learn about the God of the Bible. And, and you will see the glaring differences between the God of the Bible and the God of other religions. 
And I'm and please, I'm not trying to be sarcastic here, but I, I am so tired of hearing people talking about Jesus needing the help and the leadership of Mary to love me and to do things for me. Uh, that troubles me. Jesus is God. God is love. He doesn't need a human being to teach Him how to love us. He already loves us more than we will ever understand. In fact, if you want to know what eternity is about, it's an oppor- it will be our opportunity to say thank you. Because He is the God of all God. I mean, it doesn't take too much study of the religion of Islam to figure out that a very perverted and selfish man designed that religion. Women are servants, they're slaves, they do every they have no place. Uh, I, I still uh, laugh every time I think about it as This building was an Orthodox synagogue. I had the privilege of uh, meeting, and some of you know this story because I've told it so many times, but it it deserves telling again, doesn't it? But uh, they had the barriers. Actually, these side sections had a wall down there, and they were completely fenced off. Uh, Some of you may remember that, and and that's where the women and the children sat. uh, once you had your bar mitzvah and you were a man, you could sit here in front. And, and uh, the rabbi that oversaw the sale of the property said, these guys were so nuts, they wouldn't even put the woman's name on her grave plot. It was her husband's name. And I had to send somebody out there to the cemetery to look up the names of who's buried where. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, only a rabbi could have that problem. Amen. And you would think everything was so run by the men until the rabbi visited. And uh, they walk in through. And the first question out of uh, Mrs. Rabbi's mouth was, what did you do with the basement? And I said, well, uh, I said, we shoveled out the old floor and we poured three inches of concrete down and I told you that's what you should have done. You guys never... I mean, she read him the riot act. And I'm just sitting there trying not to... This is really a man-run place, isn't it? You know, every religion, if you look at it, they make all of these claims, but they never live up to it. You know what we make a claim to here at this church? That God is good. And He's the only good. And He is the standard of goodness. And any good thing that happens in my life happens because He worked in my life. I'm not trying to earn His favor. I already have it. You stop and think about Jesus coming to the cross to die for us. What more would you want God to do for you? What more could you possibly ask? 
truly His mercy does endure forever, does it not? We need to be thankful because He is God. Capital O. Capital G. Capital O. Capital D. He is the God of gods. What's the next one say? Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. Now, Again, this idea of Lord, it means master, it means owner. Certainly, a god would be a higher level, and and there are many gods in this world. People worship many things, do they not? How many people worship Wall Street? I get up, first thought in the morning is, what, what, what happened while I was sleeping? All over the world, people... Uh, want to keep track of that thing, and when it goes up so many points and down so many points. And and uh, I remember one time out street preaching, and a guy pulled a dollar bill out of his pocket and said, This is my God. And uh, I said, uh, does, the, does the date, as he was walking away, October 29th, 1929, does that mean anything to you? He stopped and turned around and says, No, why should I? I said, Your God died that day. That was when the stock market dropped almost 50% and people were throwing themselves out of windows because they could not face the loss of everything. I'll tell you what. He is the Lord of Lords. He owns everything. He's in charge. Now, a lot of people think they're in charge of stuff, don't they? Oh, my. Have you ever met somebody, uh, a crusader, I call them? Uh, They're going to, whatever it might happen to be, uh, they're going to uh, uh, clean up all of the uh, pollution in the whole world and and save the environment. And then you have those that are going to save the seals and and those that are going to save the whales. and, And when you talk about saving the babies, everybody gets upset. See, he's the Lord of Lords. He's the God of all gods. His mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders. How many would say, God's done some great wonders in my life, things that I can see? Amen? You're sitting in one. Uh, my email address is still Miracle on 35th, Miracle 35th Street, uh, because that's what we call this building, and and uh, by God's grace, that's what we'll always call this building, because it truly is a miracle of God that He put. Uh, some of you will remember uh, when we moved into the building, our average Sunday morning attendance was 40 people. Uh, that's not a lot. We put $100,000 down on the property. We still owed $600,000. God paid it all. He does great wonders. Uh, we showed the video. Uh, you haven't seen the one that Andrew put together, or have you? But uh, uh, Brother Sam came right up onto the platform and said, that, that's the most wonderful thing I've ever seen. 
all of the work that went on at Union. Just We did it in six He says, you're bringing that to the home missions conference. You're going to show it again. And, and, and so, you know, God does great wonders. Amen? But then we move to the next section. And why do we, should we be thankful to God? Why should we give praise and thanksgiving to Him? Well, look at verse 5. What's it say? To Him that by wisdom made the heavens. How many of you like complicated math problems? I don't see any hands going up. Um, but if you would stop and think about the distance the earth is from the sun and the tilt on a 23 degree axis as it goes around the sun in an ellipse not a perfect circle but a, it's out of round and we have all of the seasons we have life you just go one planet up the planet of Venus the average surface temperature is about 800 degrees Fahrenheit and it rains sulfuric acid because it couldn't rain water at that temperature and and uh, it, uh, there, there's no way life could be there. And people talk about Mars all they want. But Mars cannot sustain life. And no matter how much they talk about water, they have yet to find one molecule of H2O on the planet Mars. Well, there's evidence that there was running water. Well, you have to listen very carefully to what they say. It may have been methane. Uh, that's poison. <laughs> that will kill you. Uh, you cannot live in methane. You know, they have all of these things that they say, and then when you really press them, in God and His wisdom, in all of our complicated things we finally in the last 50 years have been able to do the mathematical equations to understand how the sun works. But God knew all that when he said, let there be a sun. How many of you have ever been out away from the city on a night where the moon was so bright that you could see by the moonlight? I'll tell you what, it's a wonderful thing. And God made all of these things by wisdom. This earth cleans itself up. All of the garbage that we have put out on this earth. And I, I told you the story of Lake Erie so many times. It was so polluted that almost every living thing in the lake died. Not everything, but nearly everything. It was technically, it was a dead body of water. Well, they turned off the sewer pipes from Detroit, just dumping raw sewage into the, into the lake. 
and they stopped the, the chemical companies all around the lake there from pouring all that pollution in. And all of a sudden, the lake started cleaning itself up. All of that poison and everything went down to the bottom, buried in the silt. And now, if you don't mind eating only one meal a week, you can eat Lake Erie Perch. Uh, by the way, the same warnings are all for the waters around New York City, by the way, too. Uh, and so, look at what God has done. Why don't you turn with me to the... Keep your finger there in Psalm 136, but turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 4. And I, I stop and think of all of the incredible animals that God has made. And uh, I love the duck-billed platypus. How many of you have ever seen one of those things at the zoo? I mean, they are the weirdest look. It looks like, and if you ever study them, it, it, it's actually like God just had a box of leftover parts when everything else was done. I'll just put it all together and make this one. Because it's a mammal. It's warm-blooded. But it lays eggs. It's got poison spurs like a reptile. It's got a bill like a duck. It's got. Uh, it, it's just like God had a bunch of leftover parts and stuck it all together. He says, this is really going to get them. Because when those scientists try to explain this, they're not going to get it. I mean, it doesn't make sense. And how many of you have heard of the rule, the survival of the fittest? How many of you know the lion, the strongest among beasts, the king of the animal kingdom? What does a lion do with 80 to 95% of its time? Sleep. That disproves evolution completely because a lion is one of the most inefficient animals. It, as long as it's fed... It'll gorge itself and then just lay down and go to sleep for a week. I mean, I'll get up occasionally, but how many of you ever been to the zoo? Unless it's feeding time, what are they doing? They're sleeping. They're, they're just lazing around. What's Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11 say? Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You know, sometimes it doesn't make sense to us. But it made sense to God, and I'd rather trust Him than National Geographic or the Smithsonian Society or some anthropologist just because he's got an alphabet after his name doesn't mean he's that smart. I'll trust God. He created everything for his pleasure. This world is so beautiful and we could take time. Everything that God has made, no matter how closely you examine it. You look at a blade of grass grows between the cracks in the sidewalk. And yet it takes clear water and black dirt and turns it green. How, how does that happen? 
You know, green is one of the best colors that you can have around you. It relaxes you. Just looking at green grass and things like that, it does something for you. It helps you. Green leaves and, and, and uh, all, all of those things. God, God knew what he was doing. Then you put it under a microscope and what do you get? A whole new world. Then you put the, the, take it down to the molecular level. And all of a sudden you have chemical reactions and you have photosynthesis going on where the, it takes sunlight and transfers it into living energy of the plant. Man has tried to duplicate photosynthesis, but he can't do it. And if he ever does, he'll only be copying something that God said, let there be plants, and there they came. You see, we want to praise him for being God. We want to praise him for creation. If you start in verse 10, keep your Bible open to Revelation right now. If you start in verse 10 of Psalm 136, it starts telling the story of how God took his people Israel out of the land of Egypt. I want to challenge you that the children of Israel leaving the land of Egypt is a picture of God's salvation. Going through the, dead, uh, the uh, Red Sea, I'm sorry, uh, is a picture of baptism. These are, these are living illustrations of truths that you and I are supposed to live. Now, if you're still there in the book of Revelation, let's skip over to chapter 5 here. And we're just going to start reading in verse 9 down through the end of the chapter. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. You know what? We're going to spend eternity thanking and praising God for saving us. And he did it by his blood. Amen. And hath made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. And the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing in every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Don't ever get over your salvation, my friend. You know, it's, I was thinking about this and other things and realized that it's, it's been a long time since I've preached a sermon on hell. We need to be reminded of that truth. 
We mention it. But to stop and take time. God saved us from eternal separation from God. That's what makes hell, hell. People talk about hell on earth all this time. That was hell I went through. No, it wasn't. Because we'll get to it. Jesus has promised if you're saved, he will never leave you nor forsake you. You never have to worry about God's judgment if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you get frustrated with your own spiritual growth and, and wish that you could do more to serve the Lord? I'll tell you, I do as a pastor. For His mercy endureth forever. I am so glad God puts up with me. How about you? Amen? We need to get serious about being thankful. It was one of the main businesses of the Old Testament tabernacle and the temple. When they rebuilt the walls in Nehemiah's day, what was the first thing they did? They took the Levites and the singers and and the people of Israel and divided them up into two teams and marched around the top of the wall, praising God. You see, we need to praise God and be thankful for God being God. For creation. For saving us. If you start in verse 17 of Psalm 136... It starts talking about all the things that God did for Israel. You know, God had given a man named Abraham some promises, didn't he? He said, I'm going to give you this land. And he told Isaac and he told Jacob. And Joseph said, you're going to take my bones back to that land because that's the land that God had promised. And I want to ask you a question. Who's living there today? The Jewish people are. You know what? God keeps His promises. Now I want you to turn with me to Second um, Chronicles chapter 20, if you would. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And this is the story of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah had messengers come to him. And verse 1, and it said, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria, and behold, they be in Hazanzan Tamar, which is En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah, they they came to seek the Lord. And I want you to skip down here to uh, verse uh, 14. Well, let's read 13 and 14. 
It says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Now, the sons of Asaph were the singers. And God gave a prophecy. He gave knowledge to this man. Now, there's a reason why God gave uh, this man special knowledge to share with Hezekiah. Because the book of Second Chronicles hadn't been written yet. Hezekiah couldn't look in the Bible and see he had to have... Uh, a message from God to know what to do. And the message was, you're not going to fight. You're going to get yourself in array. You're going to be prepared for battle. You're going to march to the battlefield, but you're not going to fight. Does that sound like a really good plan? Uh, not normally. But when God tells you to do something, you do it. Now, here's where we go here. And uh, we come down to um, verse 21. And when he, Jehoshaphat, had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. The best we can tell, they were singing Psalm 136. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord... The Lord, and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. God crazed the minds of all of those soldiers, and the different groups, people groups that made up the army began killing each other. And when they were done... There wasn't anybody left alive. The last two guys. That major effort. They saw their opening and shoved the sword only to get the sword from the other guy. And everybody was dead. Madness took the entire army. Why? Well, they were just trusting the promises of God. How many of you have ever had to trust the promises of God? Sometimes God puts us in a place where it doesn't feel like he is being good at that very moment. But if we'll believe God's word and we'll be thankful to God for the promises that are in his word, he will deliver us. I remember sitting in my office going, Lord, what are you going to do? We're $150,000 short on our payment. We don't have the money. God took care of it. God loves to work miracles. Amen? You see, Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your conversation, that's your life, be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know, we need to be thankful. 
We need to trust in His promises. We need to live our lives based upon this book called the Bible. And then we get to the end of Psalm 136. And let's, let's just go back there for a moment and look at those last few verses and then we'll be done tonight. It says here, verse 23, who remembered us in our lowest state. You know what? None of us deserve salvation. None of us deserve God's thoughtfulness. None of us deserve that God would even take mind of us. But His mercy endureth forever. He never runs out. Amen? And hath redeemed us from our enemies. You know, we live in a world. Our society, the America that we live in today, hates this book called the Bible. They hate anybody that would be so sure. How in the world can, can you be sure you're going to heaven? Who do you think you are? Nobody. But I think so much of my God because He's redeemed me. And He promised He'd save me if I would just believe His Word. Amen? It says, Who giveth food to all flesh. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for His mercy endureth forever. You know, there's no person that's ever been born that God would not give salvation to. God would have all men be saved, but we know that all men will not be saved. God won't force you to be saved. All you have to do to be saved is stop believing in everything else and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just that simple. And I don't know how else to say this, and you pray for me. I'd like to work on learning how to say this better. But what you did to get saved is what you do to live for the Lord. You see, you surrendered everything and you just believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. That works when you get saved. Guess what? It works when you wake up in the morning. It works when you face problems during the day. It works when enemies come your way. It works when you meet people that don't believe in this book called the Bible. It works because His mercy endureth forever. We have so much to be thankful for. He is God. He is the Creator. He is the Savior. And He will save you if you will ask Him to save you. He has given us so many, Peter said, exceeding great and precious promises. You can trust God's Word. You can step out on faith and believe God like Hezekiah did. He started thanking God for the victory before the battle was even engaged in. Why? Because God had told him he would have the victory. And we need to remember God's goodness is to all mankind. That ought to motivate us to tell others about Jesus. Amen? 
that ought to motivate us to understand that our God is different than all the other gods of this world. He loves His children. He will only take His children to heaven. But the only reason you're not His child is because you've refused to be obedient to His mercy. Amen? And we can live that same way each and every day. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. Lord, tonight we're thankful that your mercy does endure forever, that you never run out, that you never get tired of dealing with us, forgiving us, cleaning us up. Lord, we thank you that you have never turned anyone away from the waters of salvation who is simply asking faith. Lord, you've never lost a soul who has put their trust in you. Lord, we thank you tonight for your goodness. And we ask that even as this week we celebrate Thanksgiving Day, that we would take time to remember He whose mercy endureth forever. And Lord, that we would not only be thankful on Thanksgiving Day, but each and every day of the year. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll have the hymn of invitation play. If you'd like to just leave your seat and rededicate yourself to being more thankful.